Uh, here's actually some news today out of Dolphins camp. Tua Tungavailoa wildly overthrew a 10-yard out route, which hit a fan in the face and caused them to bleed heavily. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Pick and Play show brought to you by Leo and your pal Gordo. Today we're going to be breaking down the AFC West and the AFC East. We're going to take both coasts, put them together, give you what you need to know about betting futures right now, give you some fantasy football insight, walk through things at camp that are to note, things to keep your eye on, and we're going to crack right to it. Leo, how you doing? I am excellent, man. It's my day off. It's a little rainy outside, so that kind of sucks. I can't really do anything, and there are people doing yard work outside my window right now, so I am sorry if you hear a leaf blower at some point. In the rain, dedication. Yeah, I don't really dedication understand to. that. They they are out there in the rain doing yard work. I, I can't say I understand. No, I don't. I, I, I have people that come by in our neighborhood and do lawn work, and any time that it rains, they just throw the whole day out, and they come back like two or three days later. So um, to, I, I, I don't understand. I think also the grass is also like harder to mow and shit like that when it's wet. But, you know. Yeah, this I'm guy no outside my window is blowing wet grass, and it's yeah. working about as well as you think it's working. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so let's go ahead. Which one do you want to start with, east or west? Let's go with the West. All right. Uh, The AFC West, this is the division that has been locked down by Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. They go 14-2 last year. Uh, The team in the rear, Denver, 5-11. Not so great. So, as normal, we're going to start out with the team with the lowest odds to win the division and then work ourselves up. Do I get Uh, to guess? Yeah, I was going to say, for reference, we know Kansas City is at the top here, but who do you think the the projected worst team in this division is? Now, I know that... Let me not get cute with it, actually. It's going to be the Broncos. It's got to be the Broncos. Yes, there you go. There you go. It's like minus 620, uh, and then the Clippers... The Clippers, Jesus. Uh, I saw LAC, (laughs) and I'm like, Clippers. Uh, The Los Angeles Chargers... Uh, they're like minus five five hundred right now, but yeah, uh, Denver's minus six hundred. So who's got better uh, odds? And I know that we're gonna get there anyway. But do the Chargers or Raiders have better odds for the division? Because I feel like it should be the Chargers. Uh, right now, actually, you know what? Let me refresh this. It's been like three weeks since I looked at it. AFC. West. While you pull that up, I just don't see any reason why the Raiders should be favored over the Chargers. I think the Chargers have a talented or a better talented roster, top to bottom. Yesterday, I saw some some people on Twitter discussing Derek Carr being better than Justin Herbert, and I disagree wholeheartedly with that take. Uh, I, I pretty much have the Chargers better than the Raiders, top to bottom. But I'll wait and see what Vegas thinks. No, actually, so it's it has swung dramatically. Uh, the Raiders are by far the least favorite to win that division. The Raiders are twenty five to one to win that division, whereas the the Denver Broncos are now at five fifty and the Chargers are at four hundred. So yeah, they have the Raiders with no chance in hell to win that division. So let's actually kick this off with the Raiders. Um, I gotta say, I'm not sure. It's it's there are very few times where I can't figure out the direction a team is going. But the Raiders right now 
are stuck completely in the mud, and I don't think any team makes less changes to improve their roster year over year over the last four years than the Las Vegas Raiders have. Mike Mayock's got to be on the hot seat, right? I mean, their biggest offseason move, and correct me if I'm wrong, because maybe I'm wrong and I'm not plugged into Raiders world, but I think their biggest move of the offseason was signing Kenyon Drake, which was confusing because they already had Josh Jacobs, so why did you need to pay Kenyon Drake? No, I have no idea. I I mean, they they already have Theo Riddick as a backup there who's not bad, and Jalen Richard, so they have... Like with Josh Jacobs, they had a good team, a good. They had a great running, not great, but they had a really solid running back room. Adding Kenyon Drake is like a very, very weird thing. Like when you look at the total needs of this team, which they revamped a lot of their offensive line, a lot of new players in for their offensive line, a lot of good players on their line they let go. They have they have Darren Waller, they have Henry Ruggs, who at times flashed. They did pick up John Brown. Did he flash though? Did he yeah, flash? Yes, that's true. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was it. He would just have games where he had two catches for 120 yards. Right. The flashes they'd come plays at a time, not games at a yep. time. Right. Yes. Agreed. They would just come in these short spurts. So this this Las Vegas Raiders team is going to put up yards not really put up too many points this is where willie sneed landed so they have willie sneed john brown uh (laughs) (laughs) ryan edwards and henry ruggs since they've traded away i mean right now if you go back you know five years or four years you look at them trading khalil mack you look at them trading amari cooper they have not replaced either one of them and they haven't even gotten a pro bowl back with any of the picks that they took that they got all of those picks have amounted to nothing from both of those players. So Gruden it, got a 10-year deal when he signed, right? Yeah. What do you do with that if you're the Raiders? It, how many years do you give him? Uh, let me re- rephrase the question like that. How long do you give Gruden to really turn this around? Because we're going to year three now, I believe. Is this year four. three of the Gruden? This is year four of Gruden now. Yeah. Yeah, they haven't done shit in these four years. So it's like a fully guaranteed contract. I don't think he's going anywhere at least to year like eight. They're really just going to let him rock out for the whole time. I think they're going to let him rock out. And like the owner loves him. So this is going to be they're going to fire Mayock, who's a yes man. They're going to bring someone else in. I'm not saying Mayock's bad at his job. I first just want to say congratulations to Mike Mayock, who went from being a ESPN draft analyst to a GM of an NFL team. Everyone out there, chase your dreams. Do not let them tell you you can't do it. With a little bit of networking, you can do whatever you want. Uh, little pro tip that rules are written by someone, which means you just got to find that someone or a someone with the power to change the rules. So when you look at Mike Mayock and you can say he's a shitty GM, you're probably right. But don't ever put yourself down in life. Let you know, let other people do that uh, as seen by an ESPN analyst, not even the best ESPN analyst, just a ESPN analyst moving from that role into the front office of a of one of 32 football teams. And the Oakland Raiders have a storied past. This is also a team that just highlighted a move to go to Vegas. So they are a forefront of the NFL. This is supposed to be a creme de la creme position. And it was given out to someone who reads off draft picks on ESPN once a year. So um, 
I really hope that he goes back to that job because I'm not going to lie. Mike Mayock's mock draft would be the one that I would check before the draft because his shit would be very, very accurate. But his picks aren't very, very accurate. So I need him to go back to the ESPN booth, bro. Like, we could use you on these mock drafts. And that's where I think you're going to see him in, like, a year and a half. It's just not working. Talent evaluation and then coaching are two different things. You can bring talent in, but if you don't know how to get it up to speed, there's nothing you can do with it. Um, the the Las Vegas Raiders do have some decent pieces on their defense. Nothing like phenomenal. Jonathan Abram, I, I really like it. Strong safety. He gets hurt a lot. He plays with reckless abandon. I like him a lot. I'm not super, uh, you know, they pick up Yannick Ngakwe, who I just saw do nothing for the Ravens. Um, they have Max Crosby, who I like, uh, Mad Max. So they have some talent. It's not void of talent like other teams, but they just really do not have uh, any anybody. God, I mean, right now. Do the Raiders have a blue chipper on their roster right now? I think that they're, God, uh, Darren Waller. Okay, uh, my bad. My bad, Darren Waller. You're right. They yeah, got one that, blue chipper. Okay, That's it. Darren Waller. That's it. This is a team. Look, this is a team that I'm not very high on. They have them at 25 to one to win the division, which is the furthest odds. That's further than Detroit winning their division. That's further than Cincy. The only team it's not further than is the Houston Texans. Uh, so that's really, you know, your odds there. Uh, the Raiders to get out of the Raiders to get out of the AFC is 33 to one. That's probably going to fall just completely off a map as we get closer. Uh, they're over under on the year uh, for the Raiders isn't very high. So if, if you think that they have a breakout chance, it's at eight, which they went eight and eight last year. I think eight and nine could be right about where they are this year. Uh, I actually, I, I have the under for them. I think they're going to end up a little lower compared because the rest of the division got better. But from a fantasy perspective and what to look out for here, I, I, I will tell everyone this. John Gruden can coach an offense. Schematically, John Gruden can coach an offense. Derek Carr is maddening. But if you're in like a two-quarterback league, Derek Carr is someone who's going to put up yards and he is going to put up touchdowns. So... I, Can we I stop really... there on Derek Carr? I, I, that's yeah. exactly where I wanted to go with this conversation because okay. ultimately he's going to be the most important player on this team, right? Just like every other franchise in the NFL, the quarterback is the most important piece. Now with Derek Carr, when I look at the numbers, the numbers don't look bad. You know, like if no. I was box score only and was like, yeah, I, numbers mean everything to me. Fuck the eye test. I, I just want to see the numbers. Numbers don't lie. If I'm that guy. Derek Carr is kind of straight, but then, like, when you do the eye test, I feel like Derek Carr, just he's missing something. Something is missing from Derek Carr's game because it just doesn't... When I when, when the Raiders are on my TV, Derek Carr is not someone that excites me. I got rid of all my Raiders on my fantasy teams. Like, I don't want any parts of this franchise. So how long can you stick with, with Carr here? Because, to me, Carr is the same as Cousins over in, in Minnesota. Yes. And, and that's... We went over how we felt about Cousins. So what yes. do you do with Carr? Last year, Carr had seven weeks eight weeks where he had more than 24 fantasy points and the other weeks he put up four goose eggs 
He has you know three goose eggs. He's got seven points, two points, fifteen points. You know this is a guy who statistically is going to throw for yards, forty-one hundred last year, twenty-seven touchdowns, nine interceptions. He is going to throw, and when you look on paper, it's exactly like Kirk Cousins. You're like, I'm not sure why this isn't winning more. And then you watch it play, and you realize that he doesn't take the right chances. Derek Carr checks down a lot. Derek Carr doesn't take the open man downfield a lot. He plays uh, inside of a realm of not screwing up to keep his stats clean and lined up. And, and that's just that's just who he is. So Derek, Derek Carr is that employee at work that consistently does a good job but doesn't ever yep. actually impress the boss. He, yeah, he goes into the boss's office and he goes, "Hey, you know, I'd like a promotion. I think I'm. I think I can get to the next level." And at some point, you're like, "Look, you just you do a good job. You don't have the skills to do anything else, though. Like this is your limit, and you're great at it. But like this is your limit. You're a C plus quarterback, B minus, right in that range. You're never a B. You're never an A. You can have great games. I know a great game is going to be followed up by a complete dud to even it out. So that's Derek Carr." Really, here's the truth. He's going to throw for 4,100 yards, okay? So some of their wide receivers are going to get a ton of yardage. It's got to go somewhere. It'll go to Waller. It'll go to Ruggs. It'll go to some underneath players. Keep an eye out for them. And Kenyon Drake may be catching balls out of the backfield. Keep an eye out on the Vegas Raiders team and, and looking at the passing yards. 4,100 yards has to go somewhere. It's probably not going to get broken up amongst eight players. There will probably be five that split that, which means one's going to get over 1,000, two of them will probably get right around 800, and then the other three will split like 400, 500 apiece. So just keep an eye on there on who might emerge as the number two, or if the Henry Ruggs connection, he can stay healthy, and that can form into something. But there will be a lot of passing yards because John Gruden can coach up offense. The other side of this is the entire rest of their division is really poised to throw the ball all the fuck over them. So you're going to be looking at a team that's going to be playing from behind a lot, throwing the ball a lot, doesn't have a great defense, can't really hold, uh, you know, can't really put themselves over you by enough where they can run the ball and stop throwing. So this is a team where passing opportunities are going to be rampant. Look for if you're in a PPR league, I think this is a great team to hunt. If you're at a, in, a, in a league that prioritizes yards or touchdowns I think again there's not going to be a whole lot of passing touchdowns to go around here but the yardage will be there so if you're in a pinch keep an eye on the Raiders this year so I wrote down for each team that we're covering today who are the fantasy players or player that I'm most intrigued by going into the season for the Raiders I have Kenyon Drake and Josh Jacobs I am super curious what they're doing there you don't sign Kenyon Drake for no reason like I was saying before so I, I almost want to say stay away from the Raiders in general. Like, do you want to yeah. have Kenyon Drake and Josh Jacobs splitting carries on your roster? I don't think you do. No. And that no, offense it, isn't going to put up 30 a game, so only one of them is really going to be relevant. Keep an eye on Brian Edwards. He's a wide receiver who's right now slated for their second slot on their team. Um, big he's guy, right? right? Big guy, Big guy has almost no – he's second year, so it could be one of those off the radars. I wouldn't draft him unless we get better news out of camp. But, again, if there's 4,100 yards going around, 
Now there'll be more because it's 17 weeks. So you're talking about 4,400 yards. They got to move around to people. So I would I would keep an eye on who's going to emerge as the number two there because they're going to get fed. It could take some time and happen during the season and not be immediate. So Brian Edwards, who I'm keeping an eye on right now, I'm not touching any of those um, any of those older vets that they brought in to catch specific uh, you know specific things. But that's where I'm going to keep an eye on Brian Edwards. He could be a complete bust. I'm not saying to draft him, but someone's got to catch passes. And and may as well be him. So we'll see what happens there. All right. Uh, let's move on to the next team here. And we've got the Denver Broncos. So the Denver Broncos, uh, first for me about the Denver Broncos, I think they're waiting around to either pick up Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson. I think that's their entire existence right now is waiting for one of those two. I think that's how they plan their team. I think that's what they, when they went and picked out Teddy Bridgewater, that is not a, if your team is signing Teddy Bridgewater, do not expect to win over 500 games. If he's going to start for you, you ain't winning 500 games. You pick him up to either hold a year for you or his trade bait, where you go, hey, I can give you Teddy, he can hold you over a little bit so your, your whole thing doesn't look incompetent. So for the Denver Broncos, I actually think that with Drew Locke at the helm and Teddy Bridgewater, this is the worst team in the division. The rest of their roster, though, is just really, really special. What are your thoughts on the Broncos? I think they might have gotten finessed by Aaron Rodgers is what yeah. I think. Because when you, you had the ninth overall pick in this past draft, you, you pick a corner. Patrick Sertan, maybe he's on the team for 10, 15 years. Maybe he becomes all pro, pro bowl every year, locks down his side of the field. Maybe he becomes that guy. And if he does, great. But you had a chance to pick Justin Fields at number nine and, and really take care of the whole quarterback question that you had, and you elected not to do that. I don't see any world in which having a, a nice corner is better than having a franchise quarterback or a potential franchise quarterback, especially when you have Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. Like, you don't have a quarterback? Right. So yeah. I, I I don't know. I w- kind of wish that I could be a fly inside the wall of their front office and see what the logic was there because if I'm the Broncos, I, I pick Justin Fields. I, I go ahead and try to get my franchise quarterback. They didn't do that, and they're probably going to pick top five next year as a result. I think that's the goal. I think the goal is to try to put a competitive team together. If Drew Locke takes another step and becomes a starting quarterback – they can propel themselves into playoffs. They will be looking for another quarterback. I think you're 100% right. They got kind of left at the altar with both Deshaun Watson and Aaron Rodgers. They had geared themselves up for it. This is an incredibly deep roster. They have a good offensive line. They have their their pass catchers are Cortland Sutton and J, J, Jerry Judy. They've got KJ Hamler. They have a list of decent wide receivers behind them. Their star running backs, Melvin Gordon from inside the division. They've got Royce Freeman, Javante Williams, new player coming in the door. Um, I think so Javante's going to be their number one this year, actually. And, and so the Denver Broncos are going to have two good running backs, two great wide receivers, solid tight ends with Noah Fant and Austin Fort. And then you're looking at your left tackles, uh, not just left tackle, but your offensive line. I think there's some room to improve, but it's definitely not going to be a bottom 15 unit. Then you turn to their defense, which is absolutely stout, top to bottom. Kyle Fuller, cornerback, Patrick Sertain behind him, Kareem Jackson at strong safety. And then up front, you get back 
Von Miller. You can pair him with Bradley Chubb. You've got big, bo- big immovable <laughs> bodies shit. in the middle. Like uh, Shelby Harris, Mike Purcell, who's hurt right now, uh, but he'll he'll get it squared away. You are going to be looking at a top like top ten defense in the NFL if it stays healthy. After everything that you just said to me, I feel like you only strengthened my stance on why the fuck would you not pick the franchise quarterback that's right there for you to pick, given that the rest of your roster is fucking delicious. Did you hear everything yeah. that you just read to me? Yeah, I Everything know. I that you said sounds delicious. Why yeah, would you not take the franchise quarterback at the ninth overall pick? A potential franchise quarterback. We'll see. Maybe Fields is a bust and I look stupid here in a couple years. But I don't feel like that's what's going to happen. No, and I think that, look, I'm, I'm going to narrow it down to the, the reason why they did it is they thought they were going to get Aaron Rodgers or they thought that they were going to get uh, Deshaun Watson. And they're still going to gear up for that, by the way. I believe fully that they're going. The reason why they signed Bridgewater is they went, look, we want to compete. We want to be nine and eight. We want to be 10 and seven if we can. If we get the playoffs, great. But make no mistake about it. We're not pushing all our chips into the middle here. We're not doing that. We're going to keep drafting talent. We're going to keep developing talent, something that Denver's been quietly very good at. We're going to keep developing talent. We're going to keep drafting talent. We're going to strengthen our points. And then what we're going to do is go find that quarterback. And we know that we know now that Green Bay is going to have him up. So we talk about what a great roster that is. So who can Green Bay? Green Bay can literally turn to you and you go, look, who do you want? I'll give you Bradley Chubb and, you know, a starting offensive player, like a lineman. And three picks for Aaron Rodgers. Doesn't hurt me any. I've got I've got the backups. I'll go get the backups. That's no problem for me. So they have that ability still. I think their entire stance, I think Denver Broncos' entire stance was we are not we did not miss on either of these quarterbacks. They're just not ready to be moved. So let's wait and then let's make a move. We still have time between now and the start of the year where Deshaun Watson could actually still get traded. Now, I don't think he'll play. I think he'll end up on the commissioner's exempt list. I don't know how that works or why he's not on it now. But I believe Denver is solely holding themselves in a pattern for Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson. The report that I saw on Watson was that the league is waiting until there's more legal details before making a decision on putting him on any list. I guess they're kind of letting the legal thing play out. Yep. I just so they, uh, the roster's so stacked, and I just feel like this time next year you're gonna have to worry about paying people. You're gonna lose people. Cortland Sutton is gonna need to get paid soon. You're gonna be on year three of Jerry Judy at that point. Like, I just feel like they kind of dropped the ball there. Unless they're able to swing a midseason trade for for Deshaun Watson and he actually plays, that's the only way to salvage it, in my opinion. How can you not go get a real quarterback, a real starting caliber quarterback, or at least take a swing at one? given your situation given the the talent that's on your roster it, it just doesn't make any sense to me because i think i, I like and I, this is my only view on it if i'm in the front office right now there and you come up to me and you go look we can take justin fields and we got him ranked high we think he can be a good starter but i turn around to you and i talk to green bay and i talk to houston and i've got the driver's seat for either one of those i go what if i just take patrick Sertain? who's our number one rated player on the board. Keep building that out. 
and then whenever Green Bay or uh, Houston is ready to make a move, we're going to go get our quarterback there. And you don't have to worry. Aaron Rodgers is going to play at a high level coming off an MVP for at least three to four more years. Deshaun Watson's got 10. So you look at both of those and go, we'll figure everything else out later. Keep drafting talent. Yes, this roster's stacked, but it's not going anywhere next year. All those players are under contract next year. So you can easily keep the same team, add Watson. I think the whole goal literally was just, let's just keep the car where it's at. Um, Sliding over right now to some, uh, some options for the fantasy. I am actually going to pass on most of these players. I'm going <laughs> to let other people draft them. <laughs> I'm going to let other people draft them, and I'm not saying they won't be productive. I just think there's a lot. If Teddy Bridgewater becomes the quarterback, you can kiss your wide receivers goodbye. If Drew Locke is the quarterback, you can kiss your wide receivers goodbye. So while they're going to get stats, because players have to get stats like the Raiders point, they have too flashy of names for me to take a risk on these players. And then I actually did it last year, and they burn the absolute shit out of me. So I don't think that they're going to have consistently great games because of their quarterback. I think they're going to be spotty. I think it's going to be tough to figure out what games they're going to do well at. Um, I don't know how well they'll run the ball, so I have to keep an eye on that. And like you said earlier, we don't know if Williams or Gordon's going to get a load of the carries, and that could flip back and forth. The head coach is a defensive-minded guy, so he is going to lean that way, and of course they're going to have a top defense. But I don't know. I'm just willing to let everyone else take those flashy names and Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. If Cortland Sutton falls a good bit and I see value, I'll pick him up. But Jerry Judy, I'm letting go. I'm not touching Melvin Gordon, and I'm not touching Williams because I don't touch rookie running backs normally. So I let them go. I'd play around with the tight ends a little bit. I think Noah Fant could could have a decent year. But this is a team for me fantasy-wise that I'm going to steer clear of, and I'm not saying they won't have good years. I think they'll be too unpredictable week by week to amass wins for you. See, I think if they can't get the pass game going, which I think we both expect middle of the road is probably the ceiling for the passing offense this year, given their quarterback situation. I kind of do like the running backs, but I don't like Melvin Gordon as much as I like Javante Williams. He's a young yeah. dude. They picked him kind of early. He, he's a big dude from North Carolina. I like the way he runs. You know, he runs strong. He's he's a strong dude, and I just think that if they're going to be a defensive team, we we just talked about how stacked the defense is. They have a defensive coach. Like you say, they're going to rely on the run. I just think, you you know, they they picked a young young bruising back, so I feel like they're going to ride him into the sunset. I like Javante Williams as a fantasy pickup this season, and if you play a, a longer format like a dynasty, then I love Javante Williams. Also yep. love Jerry Judy. Uh, but just for this season, I'm with you. I'm not really that thrilled to have any Broncos on my teams, and currently I don't have any Broncos on any of my teams. So that's my well, stance. There you go. Uh, next team in the division, the Los Angeles Chargers, who uh, there's a hot pick right now for the Los Oh. Let me back up. The Broncos over under win total is seven and a half, which is right about what we're saying. That's a stay away for me. I like the under if I have to pick one of them, but for right now, it's a stay away. Next team in the division, the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, they have Justin Herbert, who everyone is riding sky high on. Uh, their over under win total is nine. So over here's a, he, over, which which is what I've got it at is over. Uh, you're better off. The problem with taking Justin Herbert. And, and him to win the MVP 
it means that they have to beat the Chiefs for that division, which is which is possible. Now, you also then have to beat out all the other candidates across the NFL. So you're going to have to beat out a lot of fucking people. So not only do you have to win your division, but you'll then have to beat out everyone else. Most likely, if you win your division, I honestly think this Chargers defense has some good pieces to it, which is going to help them. I just don't know if they can make that complete jump to winning that division. Uh, and I would, I almost feel more comfortable saying if Justin Herbert, and he's also only 22 to one when it comes to winning the MVP, which is just not good odds. To put that in perspective, last year I gave out Aaron Rodgers a 25 to one. So Justin Herbert right now has better odds than Aaron Rodgers did last year. So I don't, like I don't that. really. Uh, yeah, I don't like how that's all lining up. I think that Vegas is preying on the hype of people. This is a second-year quarterback, which I'll tell you this, it's, it falls into my range of what I like to look for. Look for a coaching change. Uh, look for a scheme change. It's what I found in Lamar when he went 100-1. to um, I think that people are kind of getting caught up a little bit too much in that. I'm not a huge fan of Justin Herbert, 22-1. to I will say this about him. I don't think he can win the MVP. I just don't see it. But at 22 to 1, here's their schedule to start the year. Now, if if they can start this season, and it is a fucking brutal schedule. But if they can start out 4 or 5 and 2, it's tough. What I'm going to read out is tough. If they can fi- if they can start that way, I believe that that um I believe that that ticket you have for Justin Herbert you could sell and make money on I don't think they can hold it throughout the whole year it's a long year but if they can get through the start of this year I think that ticket's worth holding on to and selling here's how they start they start the first game of the season on September 12th going to the Washington football team they then are home for Dallas away at Kansas City home for Vegas home for Cleveland away at Baltimore home for New England that's a mix of tough and winnable, uh, I think. There's some winnable. How many like wins Vegas, did you say that you wanted them to be at at that point? They they need four. four. They, I'm sorry. They need like five to six wins for that Justin Herbert to materialize, which means you've got to beat you, – you have Washington, which was a playoff team, Kansas City, what was a playoff team, Cleveland, that was a playoff team, and Baltimore, that was a playoff team. The teams that aren't playoffs in there are Dallas, Vegas – and New England. I think so, they could get four or five wins in, in that range, somewhere in there. And and so when I look at that, I go, you know, their end of the year, there's some lightening up. There's some tough games in the middle. I think this is a team where you can take the over or maybe take them to win their division because they have an easier time. I just don't know if that's going to translate 100% to wins and the statistics Justin Herbert needs to make that MVP push. Uh, I do think the ticket is worth picking up at 22 to 1. And then after four or five weeks, your ticket's either in the garbage can or you can sell that and make some money on it. So that's what I like. I, li- I like Herbert there. This is a team that I'm going to try to get every piece of fantasy wise. Who are you looking at from a fantasy perspective? Uh, well, we already covered Herbert. He's one of the people that I'm looking at, but I'm really looking for a big year from Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen was one of the most productive, well, he's been one of the most productive receivers in the NFL since he's been in the league, especially when he's healthy. He's had some health stuff, you know, uh, before this season, he had had a couple of healthy seasons in a row, but 
we know uh, what it is when it comes to Keenan Allen and his injury history. He's had a couple of them, and he ended last year with one. But before he got hurt, I think he was a top 10 receiver in the league in terms of numbers, and I don't think he was being drafted as a top 10 receiver. So I think Keenan Allen is some value. He's one of those guys that just doesn't have the fancy name, but people who know yeah. football know. And as long as Herbert is good and that offense is humming, I expect a a number one, a true number one wide receiver year from Keenan Allen. I think you're going to get a big year out of Keenan Allen. I think you're going to get a big year out of Justin Jackson. I think that uh, you're going to get a big year out of Mike Williams. And I think Jared Cook, I'd keep an eye on their tight ends. I like Jared Cook as a pass catcher. Can we uh, talk about their tight ends here up. for a second? They drafted yeah, a tight end in the third round who is a dear friend of mine, my, my boy Trey McKitty. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, he's a family friend. Well, I'm a friend of the family. That's my boy, and I'm hoping for big things. He's, you know, he bounced around a little bit in college. He went to FSU, ended up at Georgia. Uh, but he's a big body athletic kid. I think he's about 6'3", 6'4". And, yeah, I think that he's the future of the tight end position there for the Chargers. I, I'm going to make a bold, bold, bold prediction. By the end of the year, Jared Cook gets phased out. Trey McKitty takes over the number one tight end position there in the Chargers. I love it. Jared Cook is not someone who's been able to keep a roster spot on a team for multiple years, you know, three or four years. He does get bounced around a lot and has in the last couple. So this isn't a permanent solution for them. I, I love it, especially in the third round. That means they like him a lot. That is a under-the-radar pick. Leo, love it. Everyone keep your eyes on it. Shout so, out to Trey, man. We need big things. Let's do it. Uh, last team in this division, the reigning supreme leader, the Kansas City <laughs> the Chiefs, fourteen and two. Yeah, uh, there. I don't really have any super insightful thing here to add. I'll tell you this: I'm not buying the whole. I'm just not buying the whole. We revamped the whole offensive line. I'm just not doing it yet. I'm not getting on my knees and being like, "Thank you, you fixed the biggest problem last year." Orlando Brown at left tackle, I have no problem with. He is not a A-plus left tackle. He's a B-plus, A-minus left tackle. Not bad. He's a run blocker. You're going to have him pass blocking. He's not overly athletic. I don't know if he can keep up there. I loved him as a road grader, and which is what the Ravens used him as. Not really sure if he can do the left tackle full-time. Don't the Chiefs um, just need him not to be a turnstile, though? Like, Mahomes is pretty mobile, I feel like. And I, I almost think he's better when he's on the run and throwing. So I feel like at, with the offensive line, do they really need to have, like, they don't need a Brady type of offensive line. You know, I, I yeah. think they could get away with just a B-level or C-plus level offensive line. By the time they got to the Super Bowl last year, they were, like, D, F offensive line. F. And Yeah, and Mahomes got his ass whooped as a result. But I, I think they just need to be B. I don't think they need to be elite because of who the I, quarterback is. I, I don't think they're going to be a B. Oof. I think this is going to be a C roster on the on the offensive line. I don't think you answered any questions. I really don't. Um, I don't think as you as the team. I mean, I, you know, not you. You're, I know you don't work for the Chiefs. So. No, um, no, I but, wish. Yeah, not yet. And then uh, that you know, I love the weapons. Obviously, Tyreek Hill, Nicole Hardum. This is a team where I'd look for one of these eight hundred wide receivers on their roster, someone to jump out and maybe be a solid number three. Watkins is gone. He's over with the Ravens, so keep an eye out. Someone Pringle had a couple. Demarcus Robinson and Pringle had a couple standouts. Just keep an eye on who's going to come out of number three. 
I'm not touching that running back room. My God, was that a disaster last year? Clyde Edwards-Alaire, people picked as like a one-of-one one in their fantasy. Wrong move taking any fantasy rookie running back in the first round. It just normally doesn't work out. It can. You have people like Saquon Barkley, but if you've held Saquon Barkley now, you've gotten burned more and you've gotten paid off. Uh, I don't like their defense. I don't like their defense either. I don't like their offense. I really don't like their defense. So I don't All like right, the hold offense. Hold on, it line. sounds like, like you're defense. down on the Chiefs. You don't think they're going to win the? Division. I am. Down What's on the, the ceiling Chiefs. for this team then? Oh, Super Bowl. You have Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> okay, I was going to say because that's my ceiling, but you were sounding like you had them pegged for a second round exit. I I just don't see. I'm not going to be surprised if that happens. They're not, they're not taking care of the fundamentals of this team. They're not taking care of the offensive line. They're not drafting well at the position. And they're not really taking care of their defense. They do have Frank Clark. Uh, I'm just not a huge fan of Chris Jones. Um, they're going to have more edge work. I, I, that's fine. I don't think they can stop the run really well. They have some superstars on their back end. I really like Tyron Matthew. Um but the rest of their team, their linebacking core just ain't great. Their cornerbacks ain't great. I don't know, man. I, I, I look at this team and I go, since you've won your first Super Bowl, do you believe this roster has gotten better or worse? And I think unequivocally it's gotten worse. Yeah, I would have so, to agree with you there. They haven't really done much to upgrade on either side of the ball since winning the Super Bowl. Still got Tyreek Hill, still got Travis uh, Kelsey. That's all working out. You drafted uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, is like we said. I don't think he did, just did, just did not impress me to the point last year that they really, really, really looked for someone to take over for him. Uh, Eight hundred yards last year. Never even had that big fantasy game that everyone thought that they would get. Um, you know, I mean, he didn't break 20 fantasy points a single time last year. So, no, my fantasy uh, notes for you know, this team, <laughs> the exact note that I wrote down, I'm going to read it to you. It says in quotes, do not overthink this in all caps. Mahomes, Kelsey, Hill, that's it. <laughs> that's it. Yep. That's right. That's right. That is how I feel about them. You're going to want to get your people are going to want to take other pieces of it. I don't think it's there. Chiefs over under this year is 12. I have it right now pegged for over. That would be 12 and 5 would be a push. They went 14 and 2 last year. Uh, here's the truth, though. The Broncos got better and the, the Chargers got better. There's a lot of teams around the NFL that got better. I don't think that the Kansas City Chiefs got better. And that alarms me. So their over unders 12. I like the 12, but I'm staying away from it. Mm, I think I would take the over on that. They didn't get better, what, but they also didn't get much worse. So as long no, as they got they Mahomes, did. they got Andy yeah. Reid, they still got Hill and Kelsey. As long as the defense can not give up 30-plus, then I think that they'll be just fine. I would be taking the over on 12. Is that's where I like it, the 12. But they won 14 last year. Vegas have them all the way down to 12. It's a little, it's a little telling. There's a little something to that. The team wins 14 games, goes to the Super Bowl, loses it. You go, wow, if they were healthy, this would have been a good Super Bowl. And then Vegas turns right around and goes, well, you know, 12 wins. Just a, just a, just a little food for thought in there to kind of, to kind of throw that around. 
All right, any post closing thoughts on the West before we move over? Definitely the Chiefs' division to lose. Uh, I would be happy to see the Chargers overtake them, but I think the Chargers might still be a year away. So, yeah, Mahomes still got the crown. The division still runs through him. The conference still runs through him. And for fantasy purposes, pick Mahomes too. Shit. (laughs) Mahomes is the king of this division, and I don't expect that to change this year. Yep, I'm on board with that. All right. Now we move over other coast, NFC East, and this will go a little fast. There's not nearly as much to talk about. AFC uh, East. The team with the AFC East, yeah. The team with the worst, the least likely odds to win mm. their division is the New York Football Jets, and they right now are twenty to one, twenty to one to beat out basically the Bills. Uh, what do you got for the Jets here? Every episode so far, there's been at least one team where I say I am only interested in this team in terms of fantasy. Uh, The Jets are this episode's team that I do not care about in real life, but I do find intriguing in fantasy football because they've got uh, two, I want to say two. No, they've got three players on offense that I think could be league winners uh, if you pick them late. I uh, wouldn't be reaching on these guys, but if you pick them late, I think Elijah Moore, rookie wide receiver from Ole Miss. I like Corey Davis, uh, and I also like Michael Carter, the rookie running back that they drafted. Now, you just shit yeah. on rookie running backs with the last team that we yeah. covered, <laughs> so maybe Michael Carter isn't going to be the wisest pick. Uh, but in terms of uh, Super Bowl playoffs, over-unders, give me the under on anything related to the Jets this season. Uh, but for fantasy, I might dabble in a little Elijah Moore. I might dabble. This is a team very dependent on its rookies. I, I'm, I'm trying to think of a team that will be... There may not be a team in the NFL more dependent on rookies this year, which, you know, that means you have to hit on every one of your draft picks. Like you said, Michael Carter, Zach Wilson, someone, Elijah Moore. Uh, they've got the left guard they drafted. What was that? Uh, Elijah Vera Elijah Vera Tucker. Oh, okay. There we go. Um, so they've got that's three rookies on your offense that at running back, left guard, and wide receiver you're counting on and quarterback. So would you at say draft single, picks are maybe like a fifty percent hit rate, or would you say it's lower than that? It's fifty with no discrimination. 50. Meaning the two, the four that the three that could hit for you out of this draft could have been the guys you picked dead last. Ugh. So. So yeah, odds are just, only two of the four rookies that we just mentioned who are going to be major players on offense are going to be players by the odds. Going to be players at all. So, you know, it's just rare that you go through a team and you're like, oh, yeah, we drafted four rookies and they're all phenomenal. It doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. Like, everyone got bent out of shape. I think it was a couple of years ago where it was like uh, the Saints had Kamara and then they got that safe, the secondary guy. I can't believe I'm blanking on his name, but... They basically got two Pro Bowlers. Lattimore and that was it? Two, Lattimore. They got two out of you know seven picks were Pro Bowlers. That's a, that is a phenomenal draft. But that was two. They need four of those players to pan out. And I'm going to tell you, I think the right guard, I think the left guard's going to pan out. And then I wouldn't be surprised if like the running back pans out and they get none of the two ones they really need. So. I'm 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 a big stay away from the Jets. I am a watch and see. 
I don't know who Zach Wilson is going to have a rapport with between Corey Davis. They did just draft Denzel Mims, and now they have Elijah Moore. I also really, really fucking like Jamison Crowder as a possession receiver. So there's just this ball is going to be moved around a lot. I'd rather wait to see where it turns out. But here's what's impressive about the Jets. Their offensive line, Morgan Moses at right tackle, is a good fucking player. Left guard, Elijah Vera Tucker, and left tackle with Makai Becton. This offensive line is going to be fucking good. Really good. Flip to the defensive line. Carl Lawson, Sheldon Rankins, Quinnen Williams, and then to back them up, a tackling machine in C.J. Mosley, who's back after a year off from COVID. This is, this is a great front seven team on both sides of the ball. Now, they're not as good on the defensive side as Denver, but they're better on the offensive side by a mile. So you have the right fundamentals here for a team to grow. I do not know if Zach Wilson will be your guy, and I think you're waiting on a lot of other rookies to pan out. This is not the year for the Jets, but it will be if Zach Wilson is even a serviceable starter because that offensive and defensive line are going to keep you competitive in almost every game. Right, I'll say this. My take on not caring about the Jets, that really only applies to this season. Uh, Given everything that you say, yeah, they have potential, they might surprise a few teams, but I ultimately don't think that they're going to be a factor this season. However, their trajectory is shooting, the arrow is pointing straight up, I think, for the New York Jets which is very different than where it's been in the past. You know, in the past years, I think on last year's season preview, we probably killed the Jets. We lit them on fire because they were a dumpster fire. Now I think they have a a good GM. We'll see if Salah is a, a good coach or not, but it seems like he could be a good coach. You got a nice young quarterback, good weapons on offense, defense. Like, the Jets have potential. I just think they're maybe a year, maybe two years away from being a serious contender like we, we won't have to take them too seriously this year no and but i think they're gonna have improved games so keep an eye on them to be improved just not quite there yet how All many right, wins do team? you think before we move on we're, like i have them seven pegged, yeah, okay yeah we're about in the same range seven eight wins would be a good season for them so that would be a great season for them if they get the seven they're gonna i think you're excited they're over under a vegas is six I have it right now slated as going over that, so we'll see. <laughs> if they get over uh, eight wins, Zach Wilson is going to be like the Messiah in New York. I think that they're going to get eight wins because they run the ball and play good defense, and they have Zach Wilson do as little as possible. Ooh, you haven't been a fan of That's Zach Wilson since the draft. Like you've been consistent with that take. Yeah, I just when I watch him play, I don't see anything where I'm like, "Damn, that looks great." He throws the ball. He just reminds me of Kyle Bowler. So that's, that's <laughs> all I'll put there. And I, I can't get over it. And that's fine. I've been wrong on quarterbacks before. I stick with my guns. So um, uh, I'm going with that. Uh, next team in the division, the, the uh, oh, actually, it's the New England Patriots, uh, who I think is going to finish third again in this division. Actually, I'm going to be honest. I think that the New England Patriots will finish in last in this division. They will finish behind the Jets this year. Last place Pats. Okay, let's hear it. What's your logic behind that? I'd like someone to stand up and tell me what you're excited about on offense. You like Cam Newton? Cam Newton looked like he was throwing shot put last year. 
<laughs> you picked up Mac Jones. Mac Jones, okay. Damian Harris, Sony Michelle, got nothing for Sony. Damian Harris, fine running back, he's okay. It's just nothing special. Jonu Smith, You're that's what I'm excited about. Jonu Smith. It took me a second. I was blanking this entire time, thinking, damn, who am yes. I excited about on this offense? Jonu. Hunter Henry. It. John New Smith are going to be their tight ends. This is going to be a team that lines up in heavy formation a lot. Two tight ends, running back, maybe fullback, and just tries to smash you in the mouth and keep the game close. They have no one, and I will reiterate, they have no one that can really get to the quarterback. They have a decent defensive line. They are coached. Their gaps coverage, their schemes on offense and defense, sorry, their line discipline on both sides of the ball is better than just about anybody in the NFL. Their talent level just isn't there, though. Uh, I mean, I'm okay with the, the Gilmore, McCourty. Um, J.C. Jackson. Van Noy. Oh, what's his JC name's Jackson. coming back? Got, uh, uh, Dante Hightower. Dante Hightower is coming back. They also have Matt Judon. He signed there. So they're going to have some physicality, and the defense is going to be better. I just don't know where this offense is going to get fucking points at any – like, I don't see it. I just don't fucking see it. I like what they do the offensive line. I'm looking at it. They get Trent Brown back from the Raiders. So Isaiah Wynn, who is a phenomenal left tackle, they are always fucking coached up on their line. The offensive line will be good. They have no skill positions to get open. They don't have a quarterback to deliver the ball. And they've got a defense that I think is good, aging, and a little overrated. I, you know, Right now where I stand, I think they have, they're have on a collision course to be the worst team in that division. Yeah, so, for fantasy purposes, at. I don't, I can't disagree with anything that you're saying. <laughs> for fantasy purposes, ironically enough, the team or the the player that I might want the most on this roster is probably the New England defense. <laughs> like I don't think yeah. that I want anyone on the offense. But if, if I was at gunpoint, I guess Damian Harris is the guy that you want to look at on this offense because if they're going to run the ball as much as we think with Cam Newton, and honestly, this team should run forty times a game if they can. I think that Damian Harris is going to be the beneficiary, but at the same time, if you've been playing fantasy football long enough, you know that you can never trust a New England running back. Never. Because yep. Bill uses like 15 of them motherfuckers. So, like, yep. yeah, the, the the defense is who I want for fantasy, which kind of sums up what we're saying about the Pats here. Keep an eye on the, I mean, God, this wide receiver group. Jacoby Myers, Nelson Aguilar, Nikhil Harry. I like Jacoby Jesus Myers, Christ. but he's not a star. You know, like, I don't want him to be my number one. If he was the Titans' number three guy, I would be happy. You'd be okay. You'd be like, that's great. That's right where I want him. My number one? Yikes. I just don't like this offensive roster. I love the offensive line. I'm okay with the defensive line. I don't really know where you're going to get pressure. Good luck with Matt Judon. Uh, Matt Judon is someone who can get you sacks, but Matt Judon also will get you 15-yard penalties, which is why I had no problem with them letting him go. So Can't you see uh, a world I'm, where Cam, and I love Cam, you're not going to get any Cam slander from me, but can't you see a world where Cam rolls his ankle in like week four, and then all of a sudden Mac Jones rises from the depths and actually like puts together some competent games? I just feel like with the quarterbacks that everyone shits on, those are always the ones that I'm looking at like, no, you're probably going to be a baller, aren't you? Maybe. My biggest problem with Mac Jones is he comes from a world in Alabama where they had the top-end wide receiver talent the entire time. Yeah, now and he now has he bottom will have Bottom talent 
on running backs and bottom talent on wide receivers. And I just don't know how I'll react to that. So we'll see. But it's going to be tough for him to come into a system. I think Cam Newton's the holdover. I just I just am not a fan of what they did. They went 7-9 last year. They got better. They definitely got some, some roster pieces back. But uh, the spots where they were bad, I don't think they made better. I think they got better at positions they were already good at. Quarterback didn't improve, in my opinion, right now. Again, we'll see with Mac Jones. Uh, wide receiver, I just – Nelson Aguilar is an upgrade. No, he's not. Um, tight end's fine with Hunter Henry, who's hurt every year, and Jonu Smith. That's great. Uh, the offensive line, like I said, was a good part last year. Improved defensive line. They couldn't get after the quarterback at all. You add Matt Judon. We'll see. This is going to be a physical team. 7-9 and nine is right about where I think they're going to be fighting with the Jets for the bottom of that division. Let me ask you this before we move on, because we probably already spent too much time on a team that's probably only going to win six games. But Cam Newton, Cam Newton last season, when he started the year, I felt like he started the year pretty well. Uh, It wasn't until he got COVID and missed a week or two. And and after that, it kind of looked like everything just went to shit. If Cam Newton can be the Cam Newton that we saw against Seattle, if Cam Newton can be the Cam Newton that we saw in week one, can they be a playoff team? Yes. Yes, 100%. Okay. Uh, just making sure that we haven't strayed too far on the Cam Newton talk no. here. Because I, at the beginning of the season last year, it was like, oh, shit, Cam Newton, like, welcome back. Yeah. And then he missed some time. And then after he came back, it was like, oh, Cam, like, go sit back down. Like, no. Go sit down. Right. He gets he that He's getting hit, and when he gets hit, it, it kind of all tumbles down. He can no longer take the hit and shrug it off. Uh, next team in that division, runners up, the 10-6 and 6 Miami Dolphins, uh, my little darling of last year. No longer my little darling over the last couple weeks. I've dove in a little more for them, and I am actually not liking what, what's going on here. Uh, here's actually some news today out of Dolphins camp. Tua Tungavailoa wildly overthrew a 10-yard out route, which hit a fan in the face and caused them to bleed heavily. <laughs> Uh, so I'm not really sure Tua is going to pull this together again. Um, I'm not. And, and then here's, here's my other problem with this team. The positions you needed to upgrade at, at when you were Miami was quarterback and wide receiver. To me, those were two big positions of upgrade. And your offensive line could get better. Your wide receivers, Devontae Parker's still there. Looks like he should be back soon. You fill in your second spot with Will Fuller. I am not impressed when you bring in a guy who does not play. Um, The rest of that roster, I'm not huge on. And talking about the wide receivers, they have like 20 of them in camp. We'll see who comes out of that. Jalen Waddle, maybe Preston Williams. Tight end, Mike Giusecki, who was a good piece here and there, but only when Fitz was playing. And then an offensive line that I can just tell you, Matt, Matt Skura is their center. He's a Raven player. Do not like that at all. Uh, Austin Jackson's their left tackle. It's just, you've got a C-plus offensive line now. You didn't upgrade that. Your wide receivers really didn't go anywhere. Your running backs really didn't go anywhere. Your quarterbacks are exactly where you left them. Your defensive side of the ball, you've completely screwed off. You bring in another quarter. You bring in another corner. So you have Xavier Howard. who has now officially requested a trade. And this is because you've brought in another corner to play alongside him and paid that corner more than him. So you are bringing in someone from outside the organization, paying them more, who is not the same 
level of, and that's Jason McCourty. And he is not the same level of player that Xavier Howard is, and you pay him more. Xavier wants more money. So now when I look at your defense, you've pissed off your best defensive player. I do not like this. I do not like what's happening in Jet Camp. I like the head coach. I like the Jet Camp Miami Camp. I like the direction they moved last year. I loved it. I am seeing a complete turnaround on all the things I like last year and them moving in the wrong direction. Me and, and I like nothing about this fantasy team. Right. I think me and you are moving in the wrong direction right now because or in opposite directions rather because I kind of like the Dolphins going into this year. I think that they did upgrade at receiver. I know you say Will Fuller, he never plays. But the the nine or ten games Will Fuller gives you every year look like some all-pro type type games. And I've seen probably more Will Fuller than most people, given that he played in the Titans division. I've been seeing him twice a year for the last four years. That guy's good. He can't stay on the field, but he's good. <laughs> so I think between him, between uh, uh, Jalen Waddle, we'll see. He's a rookie. Can't expect too much. Yep. But they got a lot of speed on that offense all of a sudden at the wide receiver position. We'll see if Tua has the arm to push the ball to that speed. Uh, but the running game, I also like the fact that uh, they bring in back Miles Gaskin. Miles Gaskin, a fantasy shout out real quick, was a top 10 fantasy back in the weeks that he played last year. I don't think too many people know that. He's super under the radar. Um, but I like this offense. We'll see if the offensive line can kind of keep to a clean and let him distribute the ball to his weapons. Uh, but I think that they have potential. Yeah, I, I just wish they, there's a lot of turmoil. Tua is not the player I thought he was. I, I've just, I don't know. We'll see where I end up at the end of the year. But right now, uh, as training camp goes and I start to see, uh, as I begin my tour of calling into local radio stations across this United States and asking questions about their depth and then listening to local podcasts, I'm going to figure out who and what kind of rises to the top here. So I'm just not a big fan of Miami and what they're doing. But, you know, we'll see. Do you see remember what they, we'll see what they turn into. last season? It was probably like week five. It was super early in the season. Maybe it was a little later than week five. But that report came out that the Dolphins kind of want to see what they have with Tua and just see. And that's why they put <laughs> yeah. him in over Fitzpatrick. They wanted to see what they have. Now we're sitting here a year later like, yo, they might have had a good point there. They might not have their quarterback. But I remember at the time I was thinking that that was kind of ridiculous. It's funny how much a, a year can change some things. It, well, it was ridiculous to not see what you had. Because you don't want it to be a two-year problem. Right. That's like the big thing. is like We wanted to see him because we didn't want this to be a two-year problem. What Miami actually has created is a two-year problem. So now if two is just terrible and unplayable, there's no one to bail him out. It's Jacoby Brissett behind him. No one's there to get that big arm and bail him out. So I think your problem is exactly what we feared is now becoming reality. So they're making, they, they, they prolong that. You didn't get great evaluation of Tua. He had the injury. And now, rolling into year two, if he doesn't make a step forward, it's going to be a step back because there's no Ryan Fitzpatrick to bail them out this year. That's fair. I can't argue against that. Uh, I have high hopes for them, uh, but I'm not that confident in them, if that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Circle the wagons. The Buffalo Bills, (laughs) last team up, my absolute favorite, Josh Allen, and this Bills team will easily win this division, in my opinion. Uh, To take their division, they are 
let me see their odds I have it right here they are minus 160 so I like that at minus 160 I've already given out a parlay that you can take Tennessee the Bills and Washington you can get them combined at 20 to 1 I do like that a lot you can just take the Bills and Tennessee right now and make it like 5 to 1 so you you can there's a lot to play around with I like the Bills to run away with this division uh Josh Allen Look, I think Josh Allen turns the ball over too much, but his accuracy last year improved so much that I really don't have much to stand on. My only thing to call out with Josh Allen is his playoffs were not good. So we'll we'll see if he improves on that. Of course, the, the level of play got better. Maybe they figured something out. Who knows? He still made it to, you know, as far as you could fucking go without being the Chiefs. They've got good running backs in Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, Matt Breida joins them now. Uh, they are wide receivers, Stefan Diggs, Emmanuel Sanders, uh, both good players. Emmanuel Sanders being there, I really like too. Someone as a fantasy, a second option, definitely pick that up. Dawson Knox, Jacob Hollister, tight end. Offensive line is okay. Nothing, in my opinion, nothing phenomenal. Uh, defense definitely took a big step back last year. I don't know if they'll continue to take a step back. Uh, they stepped up when they needed to. Um, definitely against the Ravens who another team cannot play in the playoffs Uh, so I don't know I think the same with the Bills this year 13 and 3 I just I don't really have a whole lot to add I think they win their division I think that they're worth looking at to uh, go over their win total which is a paltry 10 and a half 11 wins gets you there 11 and 6 for the Bills which would be 3 more losses than they had last year so I like the Bills here. I like them to win their over. I like them to win the division. What do you got? The Bills are one of those teams that I just don't like. I don't like the Bills. Yeah. I'm not putting money yeah. on the Bills. I would prefer not to have the Bills on my fantasy teams. And I can't really explain to you why Buffalo's never did anything to me. The Bills have never broken my heart. But I just don't like them. Yeah. That being said, this division's so bad that they have to win the division by default, I guess. You know, like, I could see Miami winning it, but really this is, if the Bills don't win the division, that's a massive letdown. It probably means Josh Allen got hurt or something to that sort. Don't have much to add from a fantasy outlook. I You say that they have a good running back room. I actually think their running back room fucking sucks. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of Devin Singletary, and I guess we'll see what we get from Zach Moss. I like Zach Moss coming out of the draft, but last year he didn't look like much. So I guess we can't judge the rookie running back by his first year. We'll see what he can give him in year two. I want to throw a little wrench in the conversation, though. I kind of want to piss you off a little bit, actually. I was having a conversation with my friends uh, recently about who we thought was overrated, underrated, you know, quarterback tiers. We were having that kind of conversation. My uh, my buddies are under the impression that Josh Allen is in a clear tier, maybe two tiers ahead of Lamar Jackson. I thought that that was ridiculous, but let me hear your thoughts on the comp head-to-head, Josh Allen versus Lamar. One's an MVP. <laughs> Mic drop right there. Want? Like, what do you want? <laughs> Unanimous MVP. There have been two ever. Uh, I mean, like, I get, I get it. I totally get it. It's uh, uh, here's here's what here's what's going on. A lot of people were dead wrong about Lamar. Okay, so they're looking for any reason they can put their hat on to say, look, it's not look. Yeah, Josh Allen was the better quarterback in that draft. Josh Allen was the better quarterback in that draft. See, Lamar, not that good. He chokes in the playoffs. You know, that's all fine. 
I like the I can't I can't go against the Lamar record in the playoffs right now. He's been for three straight years. You know, Josh Allen's gone for two. Josh Allen got bumped in one of in an incredible comeback by Houston a year ago. Uh, you know, got bumped out of that by throwing a horrible interception, fumbling the ball two years ago. And then last year, Josh Allen had a breakout year uh, and he did really well. Um, I'm just not like, I don't know what, like, what do you want to do? What do you want to go to the stats? Like, you know, because Lamar's are better. Do you want to go to the eye test? Because Lamar's better. You want to go to hardware? Because Lamar's better. You know, you want to go record against each other in the playoffs? You got me. Josh Allen did nothing in the playoff game. Lamar Jackson did nothing in the playoff game. And 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 the Bills advanced on. I don't really know what, like, I don't know how to adequately defend someone that is an unanimous MVP for the second time in a 70-year league compared to a guy who's had one good season. So, sure. I mean, take him. I, I think that I think that that's the same people that tune into Colin Cowherd and <laughs> that listen to Skip Bayless and want to hear Stephen A. Smith give you opinions on football or bowling or whatever the fuck Stephen A. Smith's doing when Stephen A. Smith is only a basketball reporter for a long period of his life and now just comments on shit. I think it's fun. You know, that's it's clickbaity, but I don't know what clickbaity stuff does. Yeah, no, I, I got him in the same tier. Uh, I think that the one can't clearly be put above the other. I know Lamar has accomplished a little more, but I, I think that they're around the same. You know, if I was going to rank them, they would be within a rank or two of each other. I just didn't see yeah. the logic behind putting Josh Allen firmly and clearly above Lamar Jackson. And I was kind of thinking, like, what the fuck has Josh Allen done? Like, he had one good year. Nothing. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's fine. He had a great year. I mean, I can't like not say he didn't have a great year. I still think he fumbled too much. I think his turnovers were too high. I think he turned back into the Josh Allen we expected as the as the going got tough. He also has but, Stephon fucking Diggs. Meanwhile, Lamar's throwing to out of I don't even Hollywood Brown. Lamar's number right. one receiver was my height. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> right. So I don't really know where we want to go with that. Um, you know, that's fine. So let's wrapping that up. I think we got some time a little bit to check in on the Survivor. Oh, man. Let me tell you, I actually don't have any updates in terms of how my survival is going. It's been going pretty good. Pretty much the same as last week when I updated you. But I do have a story for you. Nice. So we've been discussing how I can't sleep, right? Sleep is just not happening. I I just can't. I can't go to sleep before like 1 a.m. So the other night, it's 11-ish, I want to say like 11.30 p.m., I was just kind of laying on the couch, reading up on some fantasy stuff, trying to get ready for some drafts. I look up at the TV, and I see that Naomi Osaka is about to have an, an Olympic match, right? Now, it's it's close to midnight, but I see Naomi Osaka on my TV, I'm like, fuck, I kind of got to watch Naomi Osaka like I can't just turn this off and go to sleep you know and so I say no I'm doing now mind you I'm tired as hell like I'm falling asleep in my chair watching the match but I'm like no I'm gonna watch this match because I like Naomi Osaka I want to see her win yada yada 
Naomi Osaka got her ass whooped in this match, <laughs> like from the yeah. from the opening swing to the last swing of the match. The, the match didn't end till like 1:30 a.m. I ended up getting no sleep that night, only to watch the person who I was trying to watch win get their ass busted. Uh, and it wasn't a good night, man. It hasn't been a very successful Olympics for me. You know, we were hoping that the Olympics would be able to keep me entertained. It has not. No. I'll tell you this. I am. I'm. I'm tuning into the Olympics every single night, um, and in the mornings, I have it running in the background. I'm loving this year's Olympics. One of the things that I'm getting into is I just get into all these weird fucking sports. I also love some of the celebrations from other countries. The Philippines the other day getting their first one first medal, first gold medal. I watched that live. That was uh, against I think it was China where she lifted like 300 fucking pounds or something like that it was a crazy amount so i you know i'm i'm loving these stories coming out of this and the american side we just had that uh darn it what is her last name smith i think from alaska who broke that record and everyone went ape shit you have the australian coach who beat ledecky there's a lot going on today i'll tell you one of the greatest things uh today golf goes on at 650 we've got a guy named morikawa uh, he, he, despite the last name, he is an American. That's a great part about being in America is the diversity. Uh, and it's wonderful to see that. That is the American dream. Again, come here, be what you want to be. Let the stars shine. Morikawa is going to be teeing off with us with, I think, Justin Thomas to defend the American side of things on golf. I think there's some interesting things good in the background. I do like golf. So if you're not into golf, I can see that. There's a lot going on. I think the Americans are just getting started here on the Olympic side. We still have all the track and field events. We still have basketball. They're going to get that shit together. I know that. The women's side is dominating. So there's a lot going on in the Olympics. I'm a big fan of it. I think it showcases the best athletes in the world. And, you know, I don't really have time for anyone who's going to put down athletes in the Olympics. I mean, you're you're just a loser. <laughs> like, like I, the biggest like thing I could tell people is that they'll die alone. And anyone who's making fun of uh, Olympic athletes for what they perceive as not trying, not giving their all or not executing and representing their country as well. You're going to die alone and unhappy uh, and you deserve that. Um, so, no, that's my statement. <laughs> One last thought to close it out. If Luka Doncic can put Slovenia on his back and win a gold medal, he's top five. Uh, I have I have Luka top five now. Oh, do you? All right, before we get out of yeah, here, give me your top five. Uh, I actually just did this yesterday. So, I, we broke it down into three categories. Who would you want for one year, three years, five years? So, I'm just taking my one year. This is the players that I'm taking to go win me a championship for next year. Uh, no particular honest, uh, order. Giannis, Luca, uh, LeBron, Trey, KD. Okay, I like it. Those are my five. I like it. I could... That's my five to go win me a title next year. You want Luca over Kawhi? Uh, yeah, hundred percent. I don't even know if Luca's going to play next year. Kawhi. Oh yeah, I don't even know if Kawhi's going to play next year. He's got a torn ACL. Okay, could be out the whole year. That's fine. That's fine. You know, I'll accept like, that top five. I, I don't think Luca's in my yeah. top five yet. There's probably a couple players I'd rather take over Luca. But again, if he wins this gold, I have no argument left. I gotta shut the fuck up. Yeah, and what Trey did in the playoffs, I put him up there as well. So I'm like, look, give me the guys that can do it all. 
That's what LeBron did forever is he made everyone better because he could just do it all. That's what I'm looking for in my players, you know. And then Giannis and KD, which I think KD is the best scorer on the planet. And I think Giannis is the most physically dominant player on the planet. So that's my five. Okay. All right. Well, you didn't have LeBron in that five, did you? Yeah, I did. Oh, okay. Never mind. He's on my five to win one year. Yeah, if you go to three years, I'd take LeBron off. You go one year, I'd take LeBron. And that's a wrap. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Pick and Play Show. For Gordo, my name is Leo. As always, rate, subscribe, review, but most importantly, share with a friend. Share with your mom, share with your dad, boyfriend, cousin, sister, your favorite coworker, your least favorite coworker. We don't care, just share the Pick and Play Show with everyone you know. Until next week, peace.